Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Remember to check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge Podcast. Lots of things brewing, so make sure to stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and follow us on all of our social media platforms for updates and news. Also want to say thank you to all of our listeners and sponsors. Remember, if you have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. Super excited and honored about the podcast today as I chat with Marine veteran, freelance artist, and self-described cardio addict, Elise McElvey. Make sure to follow Elise on Instagram and on Twitter at InkStickArt. Let's welcome Elise McElvey. Hey. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, yay. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am awesome. It was actually uh it's actually fairly not Are you in the East Coast? I'm recording by Yes, the way. I'm in South Carolina. Okay. Yeah, I saw it. I hit okay. the okay. thingy. Um, no, I uh, I do sprints like usually every other day, and last week was just brutal with the humidity. But today is like beautiful out, so it was just a nice, nice sprint day. So, and we're gonna get into that because I know you're a long distance runner, right? Yeah, I am. So, and so I'm moving back to uh, Virginia. You're moving back here. Yeah. Are you gonna be my yep, neighbor? So. I am. I'm good. Well, yeah, I'm moving back to Alexandria. So Richmond's like, what, two hours away or so? Not even. Uh, well, maybe. Yeah, probably about that. I, I, oh, it's traffic. Yes, yes, exactly. 95 sucks. Let's all be honest yeah. here. 95. The the West Coast has nothing on 95. I'm sorry, Los Angeles, but it's true. Yeah, it's 95 true. is literally <laughs> the worst drive ever going to New York and stuff. So, well, thank you for doing this. First of all, because I know we've been we've kind of planned doing this for um, I don't know a couple months at this point. Yeah, uh, and like really truly, for me, you kind of fit squarely into everything we do and talk about in terms of being a creative. You are a veteran. When did you actually? When did you step away? Was that two years ago? I. It was, it hasn't even been a year yet. Okay, October, hasn't, okay. 2020. Okay. Yeah, almost a year. Um, But you're also like, you ran track at Leslie, correct? You ran cross country? Yes, cross country. And then I did like two seasons of indoor track that we were testing out. It was, I've never done track because I've played softball growing up, but uh, primarily cross country. Yeah. But I just like, you fit like squarely. I mean, you were actually, because, you know, part of the abstract athlete, like in, in parallel to it, I have actually started a program at VCU called Art and Athletics because we're trying to show that. I right, Exactly. Um, we're trying to show the importance of having both of those 
you know, practices, those exercises happening because they're both good for our mental health. They're both good for our actual health. And I think we kind of think that they're two separate things, but there's so many relationships. Um, and then, you know, like being, being in the military, you know, we, we talk about that in, in terms of the, the exercise component as well. So for me, it's like, oh my God, you're the perfect abstract athlete. So <laughs> congratulations, Yay! you've won the award. <laughs> this, is, this is the award you get. It's a Johnny Bench statue. So I'm just kidding. Uh, Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but I, I, uh, I'm, so I'm like really excited to have you on. So like, cause I do think that there's lots of different angles that you can bring up that, you know, some of our other guests might've brought up, but just from multiple perspectives. So, um, you know, like I said, you, like you're a veteran, you are in this pretty prestigious program that I I was introduced to you from a former guest, CJ Bauman, who's also yes. a combat vet or um, artist in the, the, the program. And, but you went to school for art and then mm -hmm. you were inspired. Am I correct in this? You were inspired from a, like a lecture that a teacher gave in terms of like seeing the, the combat artist. And you were like, I think the word you used is you were hooked, correct? I um, was hooked. Right. It got its hooks in me. Yeah. And so I didn't grow up in like a, a super military family. My grandpa was actually an artist during the Korean War, which I didn't really know much about. Um, he he was a, a military uh, uh, in, in that same program? Not in the same program. He back in during the Korean War, it was more like he worked for the DOD as a whole. Oh, so wow. I guess technically he would have been in the army maybe, but he was like solely yeah, an artist. That's what he did. You're a Marine, by the way. I don't um, think I mentioned that. So, <laughs> But I'm in, a, I'm, yeah, I'm a Marine. I'm a Marine. Uh, my dad was in the army for a few years. Um, but yeah, I didn't have a, a military background growing up. So when I was in my sophomore year of college at the Art Institute of Boston at Lesley University, I had like a 10 minute lecture on, combat art in the history of combat art. I had no idea what that was. And a lot of people don't know what it is, but before the invention of, or before photography was primarily used to document um, in journalism and stuff like that, it's back in the day, you'd have to carry these big things around. It wasn't very uh, ideal in fast paced environments. They had artists go out and depict what was going on. And I thought that was fascinating. And I started researching as soon as I got home that day and Became in contact with Mike Fay, whom you know, um, Chris Battles it. at the time. I love it. Yep. I, I, I cold called all these people and I was like, hi, I'm this like artist and uh, I want to be a part of this. Like, what do I need to do? And they're all like, just keep working, keep practicing. Um, at that time, the program. I know I, I, I was going to say, I know I've talked to CJ about this, but do you know Steve Mumford at all? I no, I have him. never met him. I've never met him in person, but I did a podcast with him with the Norman Rockwell Museum. I think this was four months or so ago. It was me, uh, Steve Mumford, Victor Uhas, uh, Chris Battles, and I think that might have been it. I might be missing one. And we talked about combat art. Um, no, we, I have a, I have a funny, I met him virtually. Yeah, no, I have a funny relationship. I actually went to school with his wife to high school. I, so, and, and I met That's him kind of separate of that, knowing that he was married to her, like, 
so it's, it's just again like one of these small worlds and um and i love you that you know mike because mike it is <laughs> it's great i think it's great because mike mike is such a wonderful person and i actually um brought mike in to teach a class at vcu at one point in time called reportage drawing and uh that was yes really which popular. i actually um i was a guest on in one of his classes for that class. <laughs> I didn't know that. That is yeah, awesome. this was just last year. So Oh, that's a different <laughs> class. Okay. okay, so that was a different class that he probably took from when he did it here at VCU. That's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so Mike, Mike, yeah, I've known him a while now. It'd be like almost 10 years now, because that was 2010 when I started getting involved in all of this. So that's crazy. No, I, it, I, yeah, it's, it's that small world. So sorry, I interrupted like, but I'm like, I get all excited about these connections. I, and stuff. Yeah. And for me, it's like, it's always, anytime I do these podcasts, it's like, how am I going to describe like my entire life and like how these, how I got to where I am today? Cause there's so many moving pieces and life events that happen. And you're just like, it's just insane when you start looking at it from like a bird's eye perspective. Cause I used to be somebody that never, I never liked being in front of the camera. I was super, super, super shy growing up. And I really had to teach myself how to be social. And then when I started doing things like this and realizing that my path as an artist and a military veteran and an athlete has gotten me here, I really had to like look at myself subjectively and start thinking like, why did I make these decisions? And then have to actually like talk about it. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> But so you, so this 10 minute PowerPoint presentation by your professor, like really yes. flipped that switch and you started going down this path, started, you know, like contacting Mike, contacting other, other people. And then you like continue, I guess. <laughs> like you yeah, so I was going to, I thought I was going to be a concept artist or something for the movie industry or video games. I didn't, I had no idea, honestly, I had no idea, but, um, and then, I, it, but it never felt right because like I was saying, or you mentioned earlier, I was running college cross country and going to art school, which is already weird. Like that doesn't happen very often. I'm pretty sure I was one of the first um, cross country runners that went to art school for that college. And then we had a few more after me, but um, I never felt like I fit into the art world, whatever that means. And then I found out about combat art and yeah, just snowballed into this whole thing. I, like I said, I had no idea about the military. I would, I remember calling a chief warrant officer five, which is like, you know, very high ranking individual in the military. Now I know today that would probably be like, not, super appropriate but i was just calling these people like hi can i like you know what do i need to do <laughs> i like that though that's like taking the bull by the horns but you yeah. also and like, luckily they're all nice <laughs> and and one of the things i read is that you i don't want to say you debated but you you chose to go to become a marine not to go to um to officer school correct mm -hmm. and what was that so like for for, uh, you know, once I found out about the program and then I started researching what exactly the military was, um, everyone told me, oh, you're, you're in college. When you get a degree, you go officer. That's just what you do. Um, very rarely do people enlist with college degrees. 
but I was in the officer program for about a year uh, training to be an officer. Um, when I found out that you actually don't even get to choose your job field, they just kind of put you where they see fit. Um, and it just didn't feel right. So I decided to make the switch and go enlisted because I felt like if I was going to have this responsibility to share stories of Marines or military members, I really needed to understand it from like that ground level. Um, and I wanted to fully immerse myself in what it meant to be a Marine. Um, I had to teach myself that, hey, I'm a Marine first and an artist second. Like my first job is to be the best Marine I can be and then be able to share those stories of Marines. So that's kind of why I went enlisted. And it got me close to what uh, you would consider like an artist in the Marine Corps, which was my primary job was a combat camera. So photography, um, a little bit of graphic design, print production, things like that. And the combat artist billet would have been like a secondary MOS for military occupational specialty. So that's kind of why I went in. Did you ever consider going to officer school after? Uh, there was a moment that I did, because like I said, everything was so new to me. I really had no idea what I was getting into. I was just doing it. And uh, I thought like, because combat art, which was my passion, like that's what I wanted to do, wasn't actually running when I joined the Marine Corps in 2012. The program had actually been uh, abolished for the time being because the, the funding went towards other programs in the National Museum of the Marine Corps, which is looking back, I completely understand. In the moment, I was like devastated because that's all I wanted to do. Uh, but I kept practicing on the sidelines by myself and trying to figure it out on my own. Um, but uh, I don't remember the why I started saying that. I know there was a there was a wraparound. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said, did you go I know there was con a consider going to officer school after? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, so, be oh, right, because because the program was non-existent, I was like, well, I might as well, I'm already in the Marine Corps, I might as well get a bigger paycheck and go officer and figure that out. But the more I was in the Marine Corps, the more I realized that I was a better fit to be enlisted. And I just really loved the enlisted side and um, just everything about it. And so I, it never really crossed my mind after a few years. I just, it was the best route for me. Right. Now, and where, where did you end up, where, where were you stationed? Like what were the, did you have different locations? I did. Um, so after I graduated boot camp in 2012, which I was actually there for six months because I had a, ironically, a hand injury where I severed I, all the tendons and the nerves in my pinky finger. I read that. I think I brought well. that up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, it kind of like changed things a little bit for me. Um, but whatever it changed to was meant to be, I suppose. So after I graduated boot camp, I went to, uh, you know, all the other follow on training. And then my first duty station was First Marine Division in Camp Pendleton, California, um, which was awesome. I'd never been to California before. And it was just, I got really lucky with that duty station. I had to wait a few years because at that time in 2013, um, we weren't really deploying at the fast rate that we were in the previous years. So my first deployment came in 2015, technically, but there was a year of training in 2014, working up to that deployment, um, where I went with the 15th Marine Expeditionary Unit, which is a 
big Navy ship, a Navy vessel. So they take Marines and they plop them on a ship with the Navy. And then we go out and uh, we do our thing. And so that was my first deployment. And that was the year of 2015. And then after I got back from that, which I can go into more detail if we, if we want with that deployment. And then I, I ended up at the Pentagon. Uh, and that was where pretty much I ended my career. I was there for five years. So wow. it was a long, yeah, over mm-hmm. five years. Now, I, it's <laughs> like, it just, it seems like such a crazy, wild journey. Like you said, you didn't really know what you're doing, but you were focused because <laughs> it feels like yeah. that's, I mean, I, that, that's what I'd say. Like y- even talking to you, like, I don't know, a couple months ago when we chatted, like you, you feel very focused, which makes sense in terms of obviously being a Marine. It makes sense Mm -hmm. in terms of being an athlete, particularly like a runner, like you have to like maintain that. Um, and I think it, it, it makes sense to your work, which I, I, I would describe as illustrative, but I think like for me, like even looking at your work, I think it's changing. Like it, for me, it's like shifting. Would you agree with that? Like, I think like you're getting a little looser mm-hmm. Would that. I mean, would you say that? I mean, for me, it looks like it in a, in a good way. Like, I, I mean, not, not that illustration is bad. I'm not saying that, but like, it feels like your subject matters are changing, which makes sense. Cause you're no longer in the military. Um, it feels like there is a little bit more, um, of that looseness and, um, and maybe it's a little bit more organic. Um, so mm-hmm. like maybe talk about that, like how, and we can go back to like talking about, you know, some of the stuff you did in the military, but how the work has shifted since you've, um, since you left, left the service. Yeah, I think uh, my work, well, being in the service changed my work immensely. I know that for a fact, just based on the fact that a big part of being an artist in the Marine Corps or in the military in general is being able to capture moments in time as quickly as you can, like fully immersed in this environment. And if you can't get it quick enough, you'll go to the studio as quickly as you can and finish it up um, on the back end. But I, my work before joining the military was very I, surrealistic. I mean, it wasn't great. It was <laughs> looking back. I'm like, I can't believe Don't I graduated. Don't be hard on yourself. School. Don't be hard on <laughs> No, I love it though. I love seeing the, the progress, but like my work, I, I guess you could call it like super realistic or like, I thought I was doing like hyper realism or something like that. Um, but then when I joined the military, I, I got into this, like having to figure out how to capture people on location, like from life. And um, that was a huge part of my growth as an artist. And now today, I, even if I'm looking at a photo, I try my best to be as gestural and crazy as I can in a controlled way. (laughs) Uh, I want to capture that movement and that emotion. And a lot of people like say that if they look at a drawing where I drew a sculpture, for instance, um, they'll see, they'll be like, it looks like it's moving. It looks like it's it's alive and that's just based on like my military experience and learning how to capture as much emotion as I can even if the subject is standing still 
And I'm still pushing that today, but I've really taken the opportunity after getting out of the military to explore a little bit of other things that I enjoy doing, such as anatomy, portrait work, things that I've actually struggled with and know that it's a fault in my art and something I wanted to get better at. So I've really like, I've done these daily portraits since getting out. Um, I have a sketchbook full of all these portraits and just like really exploring different mediums and just having fun with it because I can. <laughs> and, um, and then I, I plan on honing all of that in the next few months and really like starting these larger pieces that, you know, I actually slow down and take my time with and see where that goes. But it's just, it's been a year of experimenting. Are you, are you saying the bigger one's going to be like based on like more of the sketches you've been doing? Yes. Okay. I'm taking everything I've been work I've been doing over the year and just seeing what I can do at, at a larger scale. Um, Cause I, I am a freelance artist. So I have client work. I do storyboarding and animation work, which I don't show a lot of on my pages, but I also have this love traditional fine art. Um, and so I, I have all these different styles and it's really exciting to try and mesh them all together. Like my digital work has influenced my traditional work and my traditional work has influenced my digital work. And it's just this like crazy mesh of insanity. And a lot of people might look at my work and think like, wow, she has no niche. She uses 20 different mediums a week. And I'm like, I don't care. You know what? That's what I want to do. No, um, but I, th I, you just said it so perfectly. And I, I tell this to students all the time that those things do like, it's so fun when the different mediums overlap, not literally, but like in your head and how they influence one, one another. Like I can even, I'm a singer, but I can sometimes see how like my songwriting filters into my paintings. And that to me is like really fun. And, and again, like nobody would recognize that visually, but for right. me, like I can feel it. So like for you, I'm sure that that's got to be like really amazing when all these things have this moment of overlap and just like, oh, that this is how it yeah. manifests. Everything's itself. clicking. Yep. Everything's clicking in that work because I've always prided myself on um, knowing that I'm somebody that's going to work 10 times harder than the person next to me. Oh and yeah. We're going to put fight. in like, we're going to fight. Yeah. For that I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, well, I think, I think that that's that athletic um, yeah. background. <laughs> Competitive. I, do, I do. I think that I, like I, I say this, the, the, the importance for me of my athletic background is that I am very disciplined in the, in my my artistic routine. Now it doesn't mean I'm going to be in my studio for six hours or anything, but it means that I'm in there every day. That's the same that, you yep. know, I, I work out physically every day, but I also work out mentally, meaning I'm in my studio every day. And that's what it sounds like about you again. Like I, yeah, I love I, that, that, that discipline that I think that you have brought from your, your running and from your military career into your artistic space, because people sometimes I don't think understand that being a creative person is no different than those spaces. It's a practice. You have to do this every day to get better. I mean, mm -hmm. it just, because I think that people just think, Oh, art, woo, whatever. No. Like <laughs> yeah. You know, exactly. Um, it, it is like, there's a discipline to it. And, and I think that's important to understand. Like this is, I think the stuff that we do is really important to the world. Like, you know, I, I, it's, 
I think sometimes <clears throat> that creativity and art get lost. Like you said, the the art program disappeared in the military for how, you know, five years, more whatever. Yeah, five five years or and, so. And that to me is sad because I do think that it it holds an important place, um, not just in the military, but just in the world. I mean, that was like dramatic, mm -hmm. sorry, but. <laughs> no, it's true. And we're actually, you know, even today going back to that gap in our collection and trying to fill it in with art now. But the problem is I wasn't deployed. I wasn't there like seeing that firsthand. So I don't technically have a right to try and document that for the collection specifically because they really like people being there on location experiencing it from their own eyes um, but there is the occasional historical piece that we draw but you're totally right and I get I get so frustrated when people when um, kids I, I have a pretty good online presence now and I get lots of questions from younger from younger kids asking what they can do to to be a better artist and you know, they have the lack of support from family and friends. And they're like, well, there's this persona about art that it, it, it's really hard to be an artist. And it's just not true. Like there's art everywhere. You don't even have to be creative to be an artist. You could just learn the technical aspect and approach it in a mathematical way if that's what works for you. Um, and you could be a successful artist. Um, no, and then the creativity we're, comes later. We're inundated by creative things constantly we just don't think about it like every commercial every yeah. television show like where there's signs everywhere like like it's almost too much in some ways um because it's yeah not, not not to go back to the competition <laughs> things but like how the hell does my painting stand up in a world that's like just inundated by all this like visual yeah. stuff but you're right like i i and i love the fact that you do have that that online presence with um with younger people to be able to tell them like no, this is a legitimate thing to do because I do like mm -hmm. it does. Sometimes it's, it's frustrating that I just think people don't, you know, it's like we're required in school to take math and science and, and English and stuff, you know, like, which I, I obviously, <laughs> I can't even speak English. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, do think, I, I do think it's important obviously, but I do, I wonder why art's not on that same level. You know, I mean, we talk about, yeah, I don't know. One of the things that, you know, we talk so much about is is mental wellness and being creative, like being an athlete. What do you, what happens when you run? You get that runner's high. You're in that the the so-called zone. Well, when you're being creative, you get into the flow, which is the exact same thing. It's the endorphin release. And so what's why is why is this not being used to our benefits as humans to like put this out in the world and and I don't want to say make people do this, but make people understand the the importance of it. It's just weird. Yeah. I think if there's one thing I've learned, it's that, you know, listen to other people that everybody has some aspect of something you can take from them and learn from it, no matter what it is. Um, I, I, I love going back to the basics of art and picking something up new that I didn't know before, but um, all that's to say, like family, people are going to have their opinions on what you should and shouldn't do, whether it's becoming an athlete, which I'm sure people are like, well, that's only sustainable for 10 years. What are you going to do after that? Or as an artist, they're like, well, nobody's an art. Nobody can make a career out of art. And what, 
at some point you just have to like get rid of all of those opinions and just do what you want to do and figure out your own path. I remember growing up, um, I grew up in Ohio, which you went to Ohio State for baseball. So <laughs> familiar with the area. Uh, my what, what part family did you grow up in? Did I know this? Already? I grew up in Amish country, Lancaster, Ohio. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Amish the golden country. Ga- the Golden like, Gales, you know, right? Is it the Golden Gales? Yeah, it's... <laughs> yes! Uh, Lancaster is, yeah. I actually went to Fairfield Union. Okay. Oh, I know Fairfield minutes. Union. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, wow. that's Because this is a small school. I believe, so I that's believe, where I went. I believe that we played them in baseball. Maybe we it was a summer league game, did. but I remember... There being a, there being a, actually a really good baseball player from Fairfield Union that I played against. I wouldn't Weird. be surprised. We had a pretty good, like you know, there we didn't have a lot of sports, but we had baseball and you know all the the normal sports. But um, I remember uh, growing up in ironically it's olympics right now and watching the olympics and seeing like skiers and I told my parents I'm going to be an olympic skier and so I bought these wooden skis. That I kept under my bed. I never skied. Not I. I mean, there are no hills. We have one hill, kind of called Mad River Mountain. Which oh yeah, now I know Mad like River. Seconds. Yeah, it takes like thirty seconds to get down the hill. And I didn't even ski until my, I was like my high. I was in high school the first time I went skiing. But I had it in my mind. I'm gonna be an Olympic skier or an ice skater. Like that's what I was gonna do, and I wasn't afraid to say it. But then you know, I also wanted to be an artist and you know, as I get older, I realize, well, you know, I probably need to ski first before I become an Olympic skier, but that's just how I was. I taught myself how to break dance my, my, uh, high, in high school, because I, like I said, I was so shy. I, I don't think I spoke one word majority all the way through high school. And then I thought like, I need to get out of this like state of being shy in order to to make it in the art world like I already had this awareness I suppose and so I taught myself how to break dance in the country <laughs> next to cornfields <laughs> and uh like I joined my dancing. senior talent show yeah not it dirty was, footloose that's what it is it's footloose footloose yeah, yeah. And, the, and then I uh and then I joined my senior talent show and performed this break dancing routine and everyone was like what the heck but I was that's just what I did I was super involved I played four sports I was softball basketball swimming I wrestled one year because my brothers were wrestlers and I wanted to do it too. Um, I always wanted to play football. I never did, but, and I was in band and choir. I was super involved and I was just really shy. And uh, I think I kind of hid myself behind all these activities and I still do today, but. um, I think you're doing okay. You're doing, I think you're, you're, you're out there. You're like, you're, you're, you feel very, (laughs) you feel very confident to me. Eventually. Yeah. You fake it till you make it. And eventually, eventually <laughs> you just know. <laughs> no, I you just do it. I, I, I just, I love that because I, for somebody that's shy, one, one of the things that I actually am starting to know about you that I, I really love is like, you're very vulnerable and like, you're very open about your history and your past and, and kind mm-hmm. of, you know, like maybe like thinking about like what your future is. Like one of the things that I'm, you know you're out of the military are you able like for instance going back to steve mumford well steve mumford's not not a military person but he has been on multiple tours as a um combat artist is that something you would 
want to do or, or are you allowed to? Is that? Yeah. So one of the biggest reasons I got out of the Marine Corps was because I have such this passion for the art program that was um, keeping me from giving my full attention to the Marines I was in charge of. And I felt bad about it. I felt like I needed to pick one or the other, which, you know, maybe I didn't, but that's just how I felt. And I also, at this point, learned what I wanted to learn out of the Marine Corps as active duty. And I felt my mission lies outside of wearing the uniform. And so I got out and in the back of my mind, I knew no matter what, I was going to be in some way involved in the program still. And I really wanted to deploy as a civilian artist, just like Steve Mumford, Victor Uhosk, uh, Richard Johnson, all these artists. And um, that's what I'm doing. I actually just got a, the biggest reason I'm moving back to Virginia is because I'm going to be the assistant combat artist for the program under Chris Battles, who is our artist in residence now, which is new within the last year. Um, so it's, things are changing with the brand and with COVID, everything kind of became unknown. And so there's a lot of work we need to do to organize and get the program back out there. And so they hired me on part-time to be able to do that. And I'm very excited. And I know that means I'm also gonna be able to do art missions again as a civilian. Um, and still keep that passion of sharing art, um, sharing stories through art. And I'm just super excited. And I, it's part-time, so I still get to do my freelance career and experiment with other things outside of the military. It just seems like the best of both worlds. And I and, and uh, you know, I have I ran some sort of competitive racing my entire life, whether it was a marathon, um, softball whatever it was until COVID and then that last year that was the first year I didn't do any any race and I was like this is weird so I'm really excited to get to Virginia and start looking at those kind of things again I really want to do a, another half Ironman triathlon and oh, god I don't know how people do that I don't uh, <laughs> I love it that's why I like running sprints it's get it done now I'd rather run stairs and sprints and then I'm done. But I do yeah. want to do a sprint. I never did the sprint. I just went straight to the half iron man. <laughs> Good God. What, so what is that? 12 miles running, two miles swimming and a 50 mile bike Plus. ride? Yeah, I think a little bit. Yeah, around there. Close enough. <laughs> I don't know if I could do any of those by themselves. I know I could. Yeah, yeah I, I, I had to train for the swim in, in the pool. And I never, the first time I did open water swimming was at on race day. <laughs> Have you ever done an actual Ironman? No, that's on my list. And okay. yeah, I'm 31. And I, I, there was a moment in my life where I really wanted to be a professional runner. And, but I also had this passion for art. And again, I was in a crossroads where I was like, I feel like, both of these activities take up so much time to get to like the elite level that I need to pick one or the other. And I chose to like go all in with art and keep athletics as, you know, my Zen, so to speak, um, keeping me sane in the background. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think now I, I'm at a understanding of how things work where I can still push that athletic side a little bit more. There's still, there's still something there that, I need to like scratch. I need to, I need to see what I can do and how much I can push the envelope. And so, yeah, it's great. Wanted to take a quick break. Make sure to follow Elise 
on Instagram and on Twitter at InkStickArt. Also, a reminder to check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C, and the Tony Mandarich Podcast. Now, back to Elise. So it feels like you have like next next kind of phase, you know, you're moving back to Virginia, you're doing this, but what are like some other, uh, I don't want to say, I always have struggle asking these weird questions, but like goals. Go for so, it. Just yeah, ask I, it. That, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and now it sounds really weird. No. Um, you know, like what are next goals? Like, do you want to do like shows in galleries? Um, like you said you do animation as well is it have you ever mm-hmm. considered like doing some animation stuff that goes out in the in the world as your work um you know like even like developing a cartoon i mean or i mean have yeah. you ever thought about like comic books i mean like what wh- with your work like what are you seeing as next phases steps or or whatever that wasn't that awkward no it was super awkward now no, <laughs> it's well, so <laughs> that is not awkward. I- I'm an awkward individual, so I don't oh, pick up. Hello, hello. You could be awkward. This is fine. <laughs> That's great. I'm very self-aware, and people know it. But um, I, I, I'm somebody who I, I get anxiety pretty easily, and um, you know, I plan things years and years in the future. But I'm also somebody that really lives in the moment. And so it's this weird juxtaposition of just winging it and like planning it. And when I got out of the Marine Corps in October of 2020, in two weeks, my mom at the time was in charge of a botanical sculpture garden. And they had this artist named Carol Fuhrman, who's like a world-renowned hyper-realistic sculpture artist. And we had one of her sculptures in the garden and it needed to be like refurbished or touched up because the sun damage in Florida completely ruined it and for some reason carol was fine with me fixing her sculpture and it just happened to line up with veterans day so while i was out there fixing this like super crazy sculpture which i'd never done before i you know i <laughs> took my notes and watched tutorials and I, <laughs> but it worked out it worked out but it looked but um so while i was fixing that sculpture, I I was able to do like a little, like my first solo gallery exhibit in, in the garden for Veterans Day. So it was a lot of my military work. And what was cool about that was I would show the the piece and then I would show like photos of me drawing on location and then like a little history of that drawing and like this whole background process. And I just remember people coming out of that and being like, I've never seen any exhibit like this before and it's really inspired me to kind of look into that route down the line as well because I never I didn't I thought galleries were kind of on the down low like people don't do them so much anymore and but it made it exciting and it was really cool to see people's expressions coming out whether they were crying or laughing or anything coming out and just being like this was so cool no I love I love that that, and then you know (laughs) I know I didn't no, I was going to say, I love that because it feels like you're kind of taking over that space in a great way. Like I, I actually say this to other people. I do think for some weird reason there, and it's probably because 
art again feels elitist to people or or something like that that people i don't want to say they're scared of it but for lack of a better way to say it i'll say that people are scared of going into galleries or to museums because they don't think that they should be there and that's something that i love the fact of what you just said it's like you're kind of knocking down the walls it's like no shit come on in this is this is how we're doing it yeah and because i think that has to happen more because the more we get people going back on my soapbox going the more we get people into the creative space i just think we're going to be a better planet you know and i'll just leave it at that ta-da <laughs> yeah 100 percent. so uh, it's, whatever that means to you to be creative it does not matter it does not matter but i mean so like that's killer i love i love that story I mean, have you ever thought about like the, the, the animation becoming more prevalent in, in like the out, you know, you said you didn't really share it much. Yeah. I think your work again, because there is an illustrative sense to it, it lends itself to those, those spaces. And like, that could be like really cool to like see it as animation. Yeah. So, you know, while all this was going on, I was, also realizing that this was just these two weeks and I really needed to figure out what I was going to do after those two weeks in terms of income because I didn't have a military paycheck anymore. Um, lucky for me, you know, three years prior, I started teaching myself animation because of a specific job in the Marine Corps that I thought we didn't have the right tools to share appropriately. So I, I thought animation would do the trick. And so I started trying to learn it and then fast forward three years I created this one animation that was 53 seconds long called it was a rotoscopes which means you basically animate over top of video frame by frame it's very tedious but it's really in style out of it and uh people started reaching out to me being like hey we want to use your animation skills like we want to hire you for storyboarding and animation and all this stuff. So I did actually line up a job after that where I just, we're wrapping it up now. I'm doing animation work for a movie uh, documentary where basically um, they're sharing this person's story and I'm anima I've am i animated the flashback scenes. Um, and I've done this a few times. I did a few works for a company called Veteran Television uh, where they were sharing stories of uh, soldiers and different military members who were injured during war and they were telling their stories and I animated the scenes that didn't have video products or photos to accompany it. Um, so that's kind of where my animation has fallen into is this like storytelling, which aligns with what I've been doing the last 10 years. Ironically, it's crazy how things work out. So I have been doing that behind the scenes. A lot of it I just cannot show because there are like non-disclosure agreements. Right. Um, so you're breaking up a little bit. At some point I'll be able to show more. Oh, cool. No, I, I yeah, it just, I, I do think like that your work is, I mean, obviously I think if, you know, the military, the combat stuff is definitely, <clears throat> there's a storytelling element to it, but I still, when I look at your work, even your recent work, there is a narrative to it. It's very narrative based work. And so, you know, again, like, I think that there's this possibility of, 
of the animation. Not it doesn't have to be because I it doesn't have to be like the the top of what you do because I do. And this sounds corny, but like as a teacher, I say this stuff a lot. I can actually see the love in your work. Like I can tell you really enjoy making it. And that's, I know that sounds weird sometimes, but I, I think that there's, there is that, that love in it. Yeah. Um, and so I would, I would guess that you'll never stop doing like the painting drawing aspect. But I do think that, that you said this earlier that you have this love of like using different ways to get about your work and um, to be able to play an animation. Cause that's not, you know, that's not something you just pick up and do. You have to learn it um, that that can add, you yeah. know, like again, like you do something in animation and it all of a sudden triggers something you're doing with your paintings or something and then vice versa. And like, so this, it's just this constant, play between uh, medias that that allows you to like, keep growing as an artist which i think is fun like i love that stuff when when you know like i was saying that earlier it is it's it, so fun it is it's a blast who are some like the people that like are th this is probably gonna be a difficult one for you because again like you're you have such a varied uh experience in life but like people that are inspirational to you or um, influence the way you think or act or make or different stuff like that? Well, for me, I, when I was younger, I would look at artists that were better than me and I would get upset that they were better. I didn't understand yet that years of work that they put into honing their craft you artists relate to that to some extent like there's that competitive um aspect to it you're like why am i not like that um it took me a lot of years to figure out it takes hard work and you have to put in the work um and so today i look i mean i can open instagram and be instantly inspired because there's so much amazing art out there that i'm like that's just so cool how did they do that i love them they're my new favorite artist um, so it's really, really easy for me to get inspired. And I think that's why I don't really hit an art block and I can just, I could draw for nine hours a day, every day easily and be perfectly fine with it. I'll just hop around different mediums while do digital. It doesn't matter. I'll just switch it up. But, um, for, you know, aside from combat artists and Victor Juhas, who was one of my, is one of my personal art mentors, much like Richard Johnson was to C.J. Bauman, um, has honed my kind of art skills today. There's also artists like R Robert Liberace, who I consider today one of the best anatomy art painters and artists, draftsmen living. I did a course with him for one week and my, my work went from like here to way up here just within a week. Um, Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo, uh, Caravaggio, um, MC Escher. There's just so many, there's so many great artists out there. Um, and I also love, I don't know if you can see behind me, yep. this uh, Marine, I can show it. <laughs> you know, this is, this is a Marine in a technique called metal point, right? which is drawing with metal. Yep. And it's a, a technique that was in, used before the invention of graphite i was never taught that in art school i didn't know that was a thing i didn't learn about it till i was just 
watching tutorials online one day, uh, histo history lessons about art online, and I came across it. And I was like, I need to try this. So I tried it and um, I loved it. And I really try to emulate like Leonardo da Vinci and like all of those artists with that technique. But I could go on all, all day about people that start your work. I looked at it yesterday and the your approach to color and abstract elements. Like I asked me 10 years ago what I thought about abstract art. I didn't understand it. I was like, this is cool. I could never do that. I don't get it. And today I approach everything like abstract art, like everything has a shape, right? And you need to find the shape and build up the shapes to get to whatever you're, you're going. And it's just crazy. Well, and that's- I could I go think, on and on. <laughs> I, well, no, I was gonna say, thank you, by the way. Um, I, I do think that um, I can see that in your work. I can see, again, that's what I was saying earlier. I can see this growth in terms of how you're approaching stuff in a different way. Um, and again, it, I always say this to, to students. It's like, try different things, like try different medias, mm -hmm. try different, different ways to approach stuff. It doesn't mean that that's, that that is how you have to do stuff. But when you bring in these different elements, something's going to seep in that is going to improve the thing that you're yep. interested in, you know? And, and so it's, it's just one of those things that, I think it's human nature to like, like what we like as individuals, you know, like I happen to love abstraction for me because even though my work is based on, if you've been following my Instagram, you see that I go out West all the time and I take thousands upon thousands of pictures of the open sky landscape, the big sky. That's my inspiration. But I don't think you would look at my paintings and think, these are landscape paintings because they're not, but they're inspired by that. There's the abstraction. Like I am ab abstracting what my emotion or my response to that space is. I'm not trying to depict it. I'm trying to give you my experience, if that makes sense. And so that, that's, that to me is what abstraction is for me. Yeah. And, but I can, again, like I can see with your work, yeah. there is this, this evolution that is, it's shifting out of the rigidity of the illustrative. It's still there, but there's there's becoming this openness and more gestural, I think is the word you used, and I will use that as well, like this mm -hmm. gestural approach to stuff, but it still has your hand in it, that, that trained illustrative mark, but it's just shifting. And I think that that's really fun because you said, use this earlier where you said people feel like things are moving. Right. And I think that that's true. Mm -hmm. I can see that, that like, it feels like those, those figures that you're drawing or painting are alive. And, and that, that's, that's different. And like, then that's, what's fun. Yeah. I've always thought a lot of that, is due to the fact that I like to leave the um, construction lines in my work. I like to leave the whole process in that drawing. You can see those in initial sketch lines. I rarely pick up an eraser unless I'm using it as a tool to pick out highlights. Uh, I won't touch the eraser because um, I really like to work with the mistakes, even though they're not mistakes, they're just part of the process. I, I could go on a tangent with that. No, go on a tangent <laughs> because I love the I, people's I, 
I talk <laughs> about mistakes and so-called failure all the time. And I think that that importance yeah. of that and leaving those marks in to me is it's part of the process. So why not leave them in? Tangent on <laughs> tangent. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Well, you know, artists when we're it freeze. Yeah. It's, it's oh, no, froze for a second. So it's okay. I think we're good. Yeah. Um, like when you're younger, you're so afraid to make a mess up with your art. You think when you pick up that pencil, you have to make the best possible piece you are capable of making in that moment. And as the years go on, you get older and better and more refined. You realize that those bad drawings, those hundred bad drawings to get to that one good drawing is more important than that one good drawing. And you have to make those drawings to get to that next level. You can't, you can't go about life just making that perfect piece. I mean, it's like an athlete practices drills and drills. Artists are exactly the same. Um, and the sooner that you people listening, you younger kids or even adults, if you're, you know, just picking up the pencil, just, just draw. Don't, don't worry about the outcome, especially if it's not for income and you don't need to like please a client. Just draw go with your gut when I when I'm drawing I'm rarely thinking about my next move I'm literally just going off of what my muscle memory is and what my brain's telling me to do without actually like paying attention to it I'm like mindlessly I could my mind could be over here and my hands over here doing something else and it somehow it works out because I'm not afraid to make the wrong mark because I know that I've put in the work as an artist to get better that even if I make a mark that I didn't intend to put down, it, it's going to work out because that will play a part in my final drawing. And I need to make those marks in order to get to that next step. So. No, a hundred percent. Like I, it's, I, I do think for some reason it's becoming more and more prevalent that we're as, as a, students I guess they're they're more and more afraid to fail and to me it's like no just fail like that's the that's a good thing like just this fail isn't, this isn't math class this is not like there's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no right an, there's no right answer in this so it's like the the way it's that, subjective <laughs> exactly and the way we learn is by making those mistakes and moving through it and it's like I always say it's like if you do something wrong with a painting guess what you can either wipe it away or paint over it. Ta-da! Fix. Yep. <laughs> and it's yep. It's I, I don't know. I, I always again I always use the baseball analogy, and I've said this multiple times on podcasts. But it's like in baseball, if you're you're failing seventy percent of the time, you're you're you know you're get, you're getting out seventy. Mm -hmm. And if you're if you are succeeding thirty percent of the time, you're one of the best baseball players around. And I think it's the same with art. Like, and don't be afraid of that. Uh, like, don't be afraid to do different things and play with different things and make different moves and, and see what happens again. Like, it doesn't mean it has to be, be become part of what your air quotes art is, but just to try those different things and to experiment. Uh, that's the fun part, man. Like I'm getting excited. I'm going to go to my studio right after this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, you were, you were 
saying earlier how you know you're not licenses but you actually do because you're an artist and art is playing the long game it's it's running that ultra marathon those 50 it miles it, it's not like a sprint race um unless you're doing gesture drawing and you're doing 100 of them really quick but you need to do 100 of them anyways, my sprint so idea well, hello you know <laughs> get it in your mind that it's Yep. I know, <laughs> but, you, but you, you know, like in running, you have, even as a marathon runner, I'm doing, I'm doing sprint exercises um, to get me better at the longer distance. Same with art, gesture drawings really quick and you need to do those quick drawings to yep. get better at the longer drawings. It's all the same thing. <laughs> it is, no, it is like, and it's, it's again, like it's training your mind in different ways, which again, like goes back to the, the mental health aspect of this stuff, like being able to do these things and, and just disappearing in your artwork or like when you go for, I mean, I assume you run multiple times a week. Um, if you're a distance runner, you probably go out and run 10 miles a day and like, right. (laughs) And, and it's, it's one of (laughs) the, you know, people think I do, but you don't. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, um, but I, I mean, it's like, you just get, well, lost, you get lost in the, yeah, I do, I do other things. Yeah. <laughs> you, have to, you have to, well, well, I'll come up to Alexander and we'll run sprints and then I'll let you go on your run. And <laughs> cause I can't, I definitely can't do these. Long I will, you give 110%. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll do that. No, let's go. But it, it's, it is like, it's, it's one of those things where I think, that space we get into while creating art is, is very similar to that space we get into when we're doing physical exercise and, and the, those connections mm-hmm. again, like are so, so good for us. Um, and just our, our general health. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's again, like we, you know, I don't want to yes. force the, the, the comparisons between art and athletics, but it's there. Like, I just don't think that there's any argument about it. I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think like, um, if, if you're somebody that isn't like an athlete, which you picked up this podcast cause you saw art in the description or something. Uh, I always think, say that you should find something else to help you balance it. And for me, it's athletics, it's running and, and cycling. Um, the, the only reason I haven't been able to give up one or the other completely is because I really rely on both of them to keep me balanced. And if I'm going 99% in the art world, I need that. I need that 1% of like escape in running. Um, and when, when art has failed me in back in the day, when uh, I had art blocks and I couldn't produce art, I would go to running and running would pick me up again and push me forward because it is, it's an escape. And um, I think every artist can relate to that. Like you need, you need that moment of, of silence (laughs) or, you know, Zen or whatever you want to call it. Absolutely. Do you, uh, are you, do you come from, uh, you said you had military in your family, but it wasn't like, kind of in your household necessarily like Mm -hmm. your dad and your grandfather do you I mean do you have artists in your family do you have athletes in your family did you I mean did you grow up watching any sports growing up or you know did you go to museums when you were kids you know stuff like that that like kind of formed you in these in these spaces that you're also in 
Yeah, I I have a very artistic family. Like I said, my grandpa was in uh, the military kind of as an artist, and he was a huge influence for me growing up watching his art. He stopped drawing. He's still alive today. He's 94, but he stopped drawing when he was in his, I want to say 70s because of arthritis. But I, I still remember when I was younger watching him create art. And my mom, my aunt, both my aunts went to CCAD, Columbus College of Art and Design. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, my mom did end up getting a, she did go. So she drew growing up. My brother is an architect. Um, so we were pretty competitive. I got like <laughs> little dresses growing up and got the art kits and that just made me angry because I was a little tomboy. Still am in a, to a sense, but uh, <laughs> I wanted the art kits. Um, and so, yes, I have a pretty artistic family. Um, and, but in the athletic side, we were all pretty involved. My parents allowed us to experiment with sports and do all these different things. Um, I can't think of why we were like that. Maybe it's just because we grew up in the country and the internet wasn't as popular back then. It wasn't super what it is today. And so we had to go outside and play. And maybe that has a part of why I latched onto running. I, I really couldn't tell you. Um, my first love was softball, but I was pretty small. I was a bullied when I was younger for being tiny. I was premature by three months. I don't know if oh, you know wow. that. No, so I, I yeah, I was three months premature. I was like two pounds when I was born. So I had a, like a rough start to life. My mom says that's why I'm stubborn. Um, <laughs> but it, there was like a delayed, I, it really is. I, I am stubborn. I know I <laughs> it's what I need to be. I am as but, well, so um, that's okay. <laughs> so I was like delayed in school. I was in, yeah, I think we all are a little bit. Um, but I was in tutoring. I had to take a lot of tutoring classes um, growing up, like learning. I was a little slower at learning. It was not easy for me. I was dyslexic. I, I do things with both hands. I'm a lefty and a righty, like I'm all over the place. And um, so sports, athletics was my way of like, I know I was good at them. And it maybe distracted people from the fact that I wasn't as good at school. And then art came along slowly as well. And that's kind of just been <laughs> my life since I was little. Um, but yeah, it's always just been a part of who I am, I guess. No, and I, I like, no, it's, it's great to know that because I do, there's, there's a fight in you, um, which sounds like it literally was from birth. Um, and I, and I think that that's actually kind of cool to know that, you know, that, that you have, you have like this fire about you, which is, it's funny to me cause I would never in a million years guessed. And it's funny cause I, I'm also kind of a shy person and I don't think anybody in a million nope. years would guess that I'm shy. Um, and I, I would not have guessed that you were a shy person, mm -hmm. um, and so I think that that kind of evolution of you is like really fascinating um, in terms of the path that you've, you're, you've gone through and the path that you're on. And like, I'm just like really curious and excited to see where, you know, where 
this all goes <laughs> because I, you know, you're already a fantastic artist. Me too. Uh, I, I, know, I know. Um, but you're also, I mean, you're really, you're a fantastic artist. Like you're still active in terms of your athletic stuff. You still have an engagement with the military. Um, and so all the, all three of those things still hold a, like mm-hmm. a really important place in you. And, and just to see where things go, I think is exciting as an outside observer. Yeah, which, and that reminds me of the second part of that earlier question about like my future is where I see myself. I, I've, for the last three or four years, really tried to figure out a way on how I can merge my athletic side with my art side because they've always been parallel. And you I've just start working with the abstract athlete together. And, and you just, yeah. you just become part of the abstract. Athlete. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Yeah, that's why when you reached out, I was like, this is crazy that this is even a such a niche podcast. It just goes to show you can like, it does not niche, whatever, like do what you do. Yep. Um, but I, I, being in the military and sharing stories of Marines and, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly and getting really personal and um, expressing who these people are. And I guess who I was as am as well in the Marine Corps, I've really wanted to take idea into the civilian world and who and I will I I say I want but I will go around and um, with my sketchbook and maybe my bicycle and go on these crazy adventures as COVID settles down and just document my adventures in a sketchbook and share those with people because I find that even that kind of stuff people are very interested in and can relate to and kind of like live through through my work a little bit Um, so that's is that something that you uh, another aspect of what I am gonna I was just gonna say, is that something you would think about publishing as like a literal book? Because to me that feels like you know, like it feels yeah. like I want I would I would go buy that book just to like a you know, and it it could there could actually be a written component to it um as well. But I just I I feel like that that narrative quality that we were talking about earlier that's the, that's a literal narrative. Like when we're, when you're out riding your bike across the country or whatever and, and, uh Oh, you left. Okay. There you're back. <laughs> I was like, what are you leaving the oh, podcast? I was going to show you. <laughs> Bye. Uh, well, this was like combat art with like, like you know, with the little oh, yeah. writings up above. And this was when we were sitting in a Osprey in Baghdad and it was 110 degrees out and we were stuck on the tarmac or the, the flight line so with sketch but like I've I have my sketchbook somewhere where I went on this hiking trip and I just painted these paintings of our like adventures and I started showing these on my TikTok account I'm not trying to plug it TikTok. no plug away that's part of what this podcast is about is to promote you this is about this isn't about me this is about yeah. you yeah <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's true <laughs> i I've, I've had to get better at like talking about myself over the years you should have seen me like five years ago oh it was, it was bad but um so i started showing these s- stories on my tiktok account i would just open the sketchbook and talk for 15, 20 seconds about what this sketch was and people loved it. And it started taking off um, rather quickly. 
in my military work to these little adventures as a civilian and the same thing happened like people loved it and they started asking they're like well can, can we buy these how can we buy these and I've had to think about that and it, it will be at some point I'm gonna make I'm gonna do a, an adventure solely with this in mind and make it into like a book that could be for children or adults, like it's not going to be labeled anything, but that's, the, I think, the best route to showing these stories. Uh, um, you can also do digital downloads now, like you can sell your sketchbook as a digital download online. It doesn't have to be a printed thing, but um, I have to explore those avenues a little bit more. No, I think that's like really, I mean, that's, it's lo-fi animation. I mean, for lack of a better way to say it, because you're, mm -hmm. you're animating your experience. It just happens to be one drawing at a time. And so mm -hmm. again, like it's just interesting yeah. to think about that idea after we were talking about the literal animation and where those two kind of exist. I think, I just think it's again, like I, it feels like a very exciting point for you um, on top of the moving and kind of being part-time and, and having that kind of locked down. Um, and, and just like the way that I see your art is kind of shifting this idea, like feels really in some ways I have to say like, that's what I do every year. Like I drive out West, I get these ideas of spaces and, and I'm, I'm giving you that experience you're, you're doing kind of that or thinking about that in that same way. It's just, a, it's, it's um, a different way of going about it. I don't know. I just think it's exciting. Yep. So, yeah, it's so cool. I was saying, um, I made a video the other day on basically I took these pencils and I created this drawing and I was telling the audience, I was like, isn't it crazy how I can take these pencils and make this drawing and you could take those same pencils and make something completely different. Like the possibilities are literally endless of what you can create. Yep. Um, so you just need to, you just need to create. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Thank you. <laughs> That's a great dun, dun, dun. Um, Well, last, last two final questions of the, of this magical podcast, because this has been a blast. And we'll have to do this again. And when you move back to Virginia, we'll we'll grab coffee yeah. or food or whatever. Um, we'll meet somewhere in the middle, which might be what is yes. in the middle. Yes, coffee, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you design your own tattoos? No. You don't. <laughs> no. You do? I, no, I I, I, I don't think I ever will. Oh, um, really? Because no, I I am so critical. It's hard. I can't imagine designing my own tattoo and then having to like live with that. Like I pick artists, tattoo artists based on their art. Right. I don't even, I give them, a, I've given them a theme. In fact, this one, I was like, I just want your like kind of abstract no, I love, I love that design. Tattoo. You can tattoo whatever you want. I, I, yeah. I love that. So That's they, what I was wondering. I give them, he also did my back piece. Okay. My back has a runner on it. Oh, um, nice. That was my first tattoo. It's a runner. And so, yeah, I'll give them a theme and they'll do whatever they want. And That's I just cool. want, it's like, you're the, a, it's you're like the canvas. art on your wall. Like yeah. I just want their art. Yeah. You're, yeah. The, you're their canvas. Yep. That's nice. And then I always ask this because it plays a part in, in the podcast itself is what kind of music do you like? 
because I, <laughs> and if you have any for this also goes and if you have any music friends that would want to donate a song to the podcast because we always put music like different music for each episode um but if if you don't like i will create something in the mold of like what kind of music you like but what kind of music do you listen to yeah i i have gone like this with my music <laughs> over the years i grew up listening to country right well, because i lived in the country and that's what we listened to and then i got into um 70s music um which i still love today and then when i was teaching myself how to break dance i got into like old school hip-hop and then after that i got into um like i guess alternative music which i don't even think is a thing anymore it's pop and alternative is kind of like all the same thing now um all that to say is and this is a cliche thing to say but i listen to everything um when i i might i would say i mainly listen to like chill music like the lumineers or um uh mumford and sons like that's like my drawing music really just like chill yeah. music but i love some billy eilish and i love yeah. like i don't know like i'm all over the place no that's good <laughs> that's a hard question to answer i, I agree so well much. the irony is like my business partner and i we actually met working in a record store. So there's a funny music connection to this business. So it's, we all, we, we, we will definitely have like a big music component to That's what so we, cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would say my brother, my older brother's like the music. He's the one that got me into like the stuff that not other people don't listen to like postal service back in the day. Right. Um, and then he's <laughs> the one that happened as a record player in his, in his apartment, he lives in Brooklyn. Um, so he, he's always telling me like, Oh, you should listen to this. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. You gotta get the Brooklyn influence in here for sure. For sure. Like, you know, um, well, <laughs> I, I, I'm like really, really glad we did this because I know we talked about it for a little while. Um, and I really did like, I, you know, I, I say this a lot to people, uh, on the podcast, but I, like, I really, truly think that we're going to be collaborating in the future, um, in terms of what you do and what we do. Um, and, and just, um, and I am like, I just love keeping up with your, with your particularly Instagram account, just to see what you're doing, because I do think that there's just new things that are happening that feel like really, really exciting. Um, and I, it, it is like the, that teacher thing, but it, I, I just always think it's when you're around art enough, it doesn't, you don't have to be a teacher, but I can just really see the joy and kind of the passion in the work that you make. And I think it comes through like that, that it's just like really, it's just there. It's just guttural. Like that feeling, like I get when I see your work, it's like, Oh yeah, you, you, you love what you do. And, and I, I, I think you do. Yeah, hundred percent. I I couldn't see myself ever stopping drawing, even if I get arthritis like my grandpa. Like, <laughs> I, I I'll figure I'll draw my toes. I was gonna I say you like, you already know how to do it both with both hands. So yeah, I can draw with both hands. So it's you know, I when I injured my hand, I had to draw. That's, I read. I, I had this little sketchbook. I was gonna say I read an article that you were like that you, it said that you had to draw with your left hand. Um, I just. That's actually a tool that I think yeah. is a teaching tool for students that I've done before in the past. To 
draw with your opposite hand. Yep, exactly. <laughs> well, totally, totally thank you. So much fun talking with Elise today. An amazing artist and really just a total badass. Totally great to hear her stories and to talk to her about how her art is evolving. Really can't say enough good things. Make sure to follow Lee's on Instagram and on Twitter at InkStickArt. A reminder to check out the other podcasts we have on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge podcast. You can follow us on all of our social media platforms. Thank you for listening to The Abstract Athlete Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our social media outlets for future events pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information, including daily creative training journals and subscription boxes. Thanks as always. We will see you next week. And remember, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there. <laughs>